0: You are listening to the Teaching Podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praycc.org. Before I get into the uh, sermon this morning, I want to just do uh, a couple of things. I want to just start off, and Jim, would you run that back to Carol? I forgot to give that to her. Uh, Before we uh, get started, I want to just do kind of a couple of things. Um, This week, uh, we did have a new staff person start here. As many of you know, we've been looking to hire an administrative assistant uh, to kind of help work out in the office there during the week. And so uh, this past week, uh, Donna Bailey, I'll have Donna stand. She's kind of there in the back. She may have to turn around there. Uh, She is our... (laughs) So Donna is again uh, going to be working in the office Monday through Thursdays, about nine to three, and then she'll be here on Sunday morning. So if there's anything, uh, Donna, uh, that you you know need a refill of coffee or you know what? <laughs> no, I'm I'm joking there. Um, But just, you know, if if there's anything you need, uh, just check with Donna. And if she's not the one that can do it for you, she probably can direct you towards someone uh, who can. Again, just be patient with her. Uh, She may not know all of your names. Uh, You got one name to learn. She's got many names to learn. So just be patient with her as she kind of uh, just gets uh, settled and kind of used to the routine of the Sunday mornings and also uh, during the week. Another, and I think, did I send both copies back to? You, Carol. I did. I'm sitting up here with nothing. A lot of you know I've had nightmares about this. You ever have dreams? And, and this is a dream that I'll have sometimes. I come up here and there's nothing in my folder. So, yeah. And actually, I uh, this is really funny. I, you got the wrong one, Carol. Yeah. Uh, so if you could swap. I am totally under. But thankfully, Jim, you're overqualified. <laughs> good. Right. Huh. Okay, I think we got this figured out now. Good, good, good. What was that? Yeah, 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 yep, yeah. Hey, uh, tomorrow night at 630 again right here, we're going to be continuing on in the Nehemiah study. We're going to be looking uh, specifically at chapter three. And if you haven't read that yet, again, it's one of those chapters. um, And there's, there's several of these chapters kind of throughout the Bible where you kind of get into it. And it's kind of just a bunch of names. Um, And especially in Nehemiah chapter 3, it's a bunch of names of families, and it kind of lists out specific things that they do. Now again, that doesn't always make for really interesting reading, but it really is there because it serves a very, very important point. And the important point that it serves is that everybody was involved in some way in the rebuilding the restoring of the walls around jerusalem which is what nehemiah was tasked to do by god god had given him a burden a mandate to go and to restore and to rebuild the walls around jerusalem and you know it's um it's not the same size but if you could just imagine trying to build a wall around mason city Okay, that's not something you could just do on your own. It would take the hands and the work of many, many people. And so as Nehemiah is tasked with this burden to rebuild and to restore the walls around Jerusalem, he realizes it's going to take everybody doing something. And that really is kind of the heart of the church. It's everybody doing something. Now, what's interesting is right away in chapter 3, verse 1, it kind of says this. Then Eliashib, the high priest, arose with his brothers, the priest, and built the sheep gate. Now, it's just interesting, I mean, it just starts off right away with that. And, and we see that the Jewish leaders, the high priest, um, the other priests, I mean, they're all involved. They're all a part of this. It's not like they're kind of, you know, looking and saying, well, you know, we're kind of the leaders. We're the high priest. We're the top dog. So we're just going to kind of stand and watch the rest of you do um, the work. No, 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 no. They are right there in the beginning. Their hands are getting just as dirty and calloused as everybody else's. And so, again, it's just a. a, a, a Way that God is, again, just challenging all of us, leaders, uh, people, all of us, to get and to be involved in what God is wanting uh, to do here. As I said, you know, a lot of times, not just in churches, but a lot of organizations, I hear this. You know, people will say, you know, 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. That is not a kingdom principle. It's not. It's not. And unfortunately, there are people in churches, there are people in organizations, there are members um, that do nothing. Nothing. And, and they do that for years. And, and again, it's, that's not a kingdom principle. And I just got to warn you, there's coming a day that you will stand before God and you are going to give an account for that. Why were you given these gifts and did nothing with them. As a matter of fact, Jesus told a parable that that all is going to be taken away from you and given to somebody else. And so again, it's important, the high priest, the other priest, they got involved they did what they knew to do now it's interesting because god had them do the sheep gate now the sheep gate that was kind of what you would expect it to be it's where the sheep kind of came in and out it was it was the sheep that were used uh, for the offerings for the sacrifices and it's interesting that god kind of had them kind of be in charge of an area that was obviously of great interest to them So oftentimes where God will call you into a place of service in the church, it's not just a place where God has gifted you, but it's also a place where you'll have a lot of interest, a high interest and doing. And some of you do that. We have a lot of people that, you know, work on in the Praise Cafe. They, they, they have giftings. They have a hospitality gift, a serving gift, but they also kind of have a passion to want to see people and things happen um, in, the, in the Praise Cafe. So uh, again, this is what the priests are doing. They're, they're called by God. They're gifted. They have this passion. And so they're in there serving and God says, okay, this is the area I want you to be involved in rebuilding and restoring. This So God is gonna kind of bring you into places of service that kind of are are in line with your giftings, and it's a place where you're just gonna have great passion um, to do it. So again, it's, it's, it's not leaving this up to everyone else to do. It's us understanding what are my giftings, what is God calling me to do, what am I passionate about, and then just getting in there and doing this. And I'm saying this because there's a place for everybody on Monday nights. Don't just leave this to, to, to people that like to pray like Jim. Don't just leave it to the intercessors. They're here doing their part. You need to be here doing your part. And and I'm I'm talking to everybody here. Well, I don't don't know how to pray. Well, there's no better way to learn how to pray than to come and and just maybe listen to other people pray. You learn a lot just by watching people who pray. Um, And so there's a place for everybody. There's something everyone can do. So I want to encourage you. Again, don't leave what we're doing on Monday nights as we're coming before God and we're asking God speak to us give us vision for this church don't leave that to other people um, to do God may want to use you he may want to speak through you he may want to use you to be an encouragement uh, to someone else so again I just ask all of you uh, make it a a priority, make the effort to be here tomorrow night, 6.30 to 7.30, bring a Bible, a journal, um, if you have one. One final note, um, and I didn't say this, um, but I have been stressing it kind of to a few people. Um, While we are really kind of praying and asking God for a corporate vision, a vision for for Praise Community Church, I also believe that there are going to be individuals that God is going to begin to speak personal vision to you okay I've had several people kind of come up to me and they've said pastor Jeff I'm kind of on the threshold of really some big changes in my life Um, I'm on the threshold uh, you know uh, of of retiring um, and I'm not really sure what God has for me I'm not really sure what um, God's gonna have uh, for me next and I said continue coming or if you're not come on monday nights god is i believe that god wants to inspire uh, just individual vision for you. Um, again, that it's not just the corporate vision that God's concerned about. He wants you to know that he has a vision, a plan, a purpose for your life. And I believe that God can maybe instill or download that um, on Monday nights as well. So I just want to just encourage you um, to do that as well. In 1970s, in response to the Cold War, the Pentagon uh, developed what was kind of formerly known as the Navistar. And what that was, was they were kind of using 24 uh, different satellites and they were orbiting like 12,000 miles above uh, the earth and radio broadcasts from satellites uh, included. And it kind of gave uh, the signals precise time and it was kind of determined by an atomic clock that was sent to earthbound receivers And, and all of that was used to kind of triangulate the precise location of anything or anyone anytime anywhere throughout the world Now, what's interesting is little did they know at that time they were really working to develop the greatest advance in navigation since the compass. Now, many of us have kind of come to know all of this technology as GPS, and that is that global positioning system. And it has the ability, now this just, again, blows my mind. But a lot of you have experienced this. GPS, it has the ability to pinpoint your location within 10 meters anywhere you are on the planet. As a matter of fact, I see now that that they're they're embedding uh, chips in, in things like car keys. So if you lose your car keys, You can kind of go onto an app on your phone or on your iPad, and you can find exactly kind of where your keys are. Now, interestingly, uh, a couple of weeks ago, my car keys went missing. And I kind of have this habit when I come home, I always put my car keys up on top of the refrigerator. And sometimes I'll kind of get the keys a little closer to the the opening door um, than should be. And so there was one uh, time, a couple weeks ago i could not find my keys anywhere Uh, we're looking i'm looking in coat pockets pants pockets i'm looking everywhere and it, it was just so frustrating because i know whenever i come home first thing i always do is put them up on top of the refrigerator and so i just finally gave up um looking And finally, Janie finds them one day. And so what happened was, because I set the keys up so close on the refrigerator, when she opened the door, it pulled the keys with the door, and they fell down inside of one of the containers behind a bunch of like salad dressing or something. And they had been there for a while. um, And and so again, it was one of those things, because I kind of got online and I looked, the keys were in the house somewhere. Uh, We just, so it's interesting, I mean, I think the technology is probably going to be coming someday where where GPS can probably tell me, yeah, your keys are in the refrigerator, top shelf behind the dressing. (laughs) Until then, but again, this is just, to me, this is just amazing what GPS has the ability to do. Currently, the worldwide market for GPS products alone is $27 billion dollars. Though primarily uh, designed by the military for military use, its use has really kind of outgrown and outpaced uh, the military because uh, several pieces of information every one of us want to know at every moment of our lives. And that is, we want to know where we are, right? Amen, yep. Some of you are trying to figure that out this morning. Where am I? We don't want to get lost. We want to head in the right direction. We want to get there the best the quickest the safest way possible life is is like a journey and life basically is a continuing series of decisions and choices and that's part of what i was getting at when i talked about again just looking at zach's life you know has zach done everything perfectly no none of us do But the thing with Zach and the thing for a lot of us is, you know what, when we make good decisions on on a consistent basis, okay, um, it has the potential to bring you to places of success. When you and I make bad decisions, you know, just continually making bad decisions, it really has the potential to bring us to a place of frustration and of failure, who you are and where you are today is by and large a byproduct of the decisions you made yesterday and where you're going to be tomorrow is really going to be kind of a byproduct of the decisions and the choices you make today so choose wisely deep down we all have this desire this want that we want to make sure we know where we are that we don't get lost, that we're heading, you know, in life, in the right direction, and we want to get there. We want to get to the end. We want to finish life well, and we want to get there the best and the quickest way possible. Well, not too quick, right? If you Google this question, what should I do? It's interesting. You will get over 7 million options yeah (laughs) talk about polarizing (laughs) experts i mean you know advice experts and they just have really exploded across the country you know life coaches uh we have uh apps we have video we have live chats we have blogs newspaper columns podcasts people everywhere are seeking out they're looking for direction they're looking for answers to questions about family about love you know life finances the vast majority of people who seek counseling it kind of seems like it all revolves around this one question what should i do where should i go What advice would you give to me? And again, wouldn't it be great if there was just this GPS system that could do for us in the area of life what it has done in the area of travel? Well, I've got good news for you this morning. We do. In a series we've been uh, started last week called Yes, but today I want to just talk about that one truth that every one of us in this room um, have faced at times in our lives, and it can be one of those things that can be very, very frustrating. It can be nerve-wracking, agonizing at times, and that's when we kind of just have to come to face and to confess, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to turn. We all face those times, whether we're believers or not. So let me just give you this proposition. There are going to be those times in life, and you may be in one of those areas of life now, where we don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. But the one thing I want to assure you is, God has promised he will always be with you. He'll never leave you. And he will always guide you. He knows where you are. He knows where you need to go. And he knows the best uh, way to get you where you need to go. We may not have any idea where we're uh, going, uh, you know, following services today. I mean, some of you may have, you know, plans for lunch. Um, Some of you, many of you will get up. You'll go to work tomorrow. But we all know there are many suddenlies in life. And they do and they will come and and again if you've ever had that it just changes everything you know one phone call can change your whole life and again we don't know for certain what's going to happen in the next minute let alone the next hour the next days weeks months but somebody does and god knows what our future holds and he knows how to navigate us through that better than anyone Somebody once said, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. (laughs) Somebody else said, if you want to hear him laugh even louder, tell him what you know. No matter how good you are at it, no matter how many degrees or titles you may have behind your name, there are going to be times, every one of us face this, myself included, where you're going to come into a situation and you just don't know what to do. On your own, you can't figure it out. And this was even true in the Bible days. In the Old Testament, Jeremiah said this. He said, Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It's not for them to direct their steps. So he even understood this. He even knew this about himself. So let me just kind of ask, does does any of the one of these uh, apply to you right now? Maybe you're here and you're saying, I'm just tired of making bad choices and I want to just start making good ones. Maybe you're saying, I'm facing a crucial decision right now, and I just want to make sure whatever I do, I get it right. Maybe you're here and you're saying, I'm really struggling to know how to handle a particular situation. It may be a relationship. It may be finances. It may be a career decision. Or you're here and you're saying, you know what? I have a desire to know exactly what God wants me to do with my life. If if any one or several of those questions apply to you this morning, this message is for you. And here's the good news. You're not alone. And you're not on your own. One of the greatest, most life-changing discoveries any of us will ever make is the realization that God knows and he wants to direct your every step. God wants to lead you down the perfect, right, blessed path for life. You've not been put here on this earth to kind of roam around like a blind man, blindfolded in a dark room, trying to, you know, grope your way around, trying to figure out where you need to go so that you don't bump into anything or, you know, go off a cliff. The wisest man who ever lived was a king by the name of Solomon who at the peak of his life he probably made one of the most wisest decisions said this in Proverbs 16:9 he said in their hearts humans plan their course but the lord establishes their steps the god that gave you life wants to lead your life. The God that loves you wants to lead you. The God who gave you his son now wants to give you the wisdom and the direction you need. And so this morning, I want to just talk very quickly, three key ways that God will make that happen. First is, you got to just admit you need God's guidance. You just got to start by saying, God, I need your help. I'm lost without you. Listen again to that first half of that verse again. In their hearts, humans, people plan their course. Let's just face it. I mean, all of us would admit, none of us like to be told what to do. We kind of want to be able to do our thing our way in our time we we kind of want life to be a do-it-yourself project we want to make our own way make our own choices make our own decisions we don't like to admit when we're lost when we're confused you know when we're stumped and and we just don't we don't like that And we don't like to ask for help. I mean, men, we're especially bad at this. I mean, we never ever want to admit or own up to times when we're lost. We're the worst at it. It's just not our nature to stop and to ask for directions, no matter how lost we are. So if you want to make a wise decision based on God's word, if you want to uh, know God's plan, his will, his purpose for your life, the first thing you got to admit is, I need it. I don't know what it is. I need your help. Now, David gives us some good insight from Psalm 25, verse 9. He said, he guides the humble. And those are four important words right there. See, it's the proud man that says, I don't need God's help. I can do it on my own. David said it's the humble that he gives, and God guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. That has been kind of one of the, one of the big things for me in this last year. Again, it's just been coming to that place of humility before God and, and humility in all areas um, of my life. It's just acknowledging, you know, there, there are times, man, I look back at the past and say, man, I've, I've made a mess of things. And oftentimes, the bigger the mess, it's because of of the issues of pride. And as I just have brought myself to a place of humility, admitting to God, I am lost without you. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to turn this around. That God begins to guide and to give me wisdom in that. If you want to do it yourself, if you want to go it alone, if you want to make your own route, God is going to let you do that. And that is why too often we spend too much time having to fess up to our mess ups, right? Rather than asking God for help to begin with. You're better off asking God to guide your steps. You're better off admitting you need God's help than you are trying to go back and correct all of the mistakes. Now, here's the good news is God wants us to know his will. Okay, if I get a question more often as a pastor, it's that question, what is God's will for my life? And oftentimes what we kind of think is because number one, he's God. It's gonna be really, really confusing. It's, going to, it's just gonna be overwhelming. Um, God's gonna speak in things. I don't, it's not, not that at all. God's will for your life is very simple. It's, it's not complicated. We complicate it but it's not complicated with God at all. Trust me, I've been at this for a long time. I started off making it very complicated. It's not. It's very, very simple. And again, it is, his will is, is it involves helping you to make good decisions. God doesn't play cat and mouse. He's not playing hide and go seek. He's not asking you to guess what is behind door number three. And if you get that right, you know, you get a prize uh, trying to find his will. God wants you to know his will. And I'll tell you this more often than you want to know it. Just as parents, you know, if you're a parent, you take delight, you know, in knowing and seeing your kids make good, wise decisions. Same thing is true of God. It delights God's heart. When he sees us his children making good wise decisions so again before you um, even set off to understand or to know the will of god again you've just got to admit you need his guidance second thing is ask for god's guidance you know admit you need it and then just say god i need your guidance in my life the, the second half of that verse says this but the lord establishes their steps Okay, That word establish means to set straight, it means to direct, it means to put on the right path. God wants to guide your every step. He wants to make sure you're walking on the right path, in the right direction, in the right way. So how does God do this? Well, God will give and he has given us certain tools that will help us find his will in a particular situation, especially when we're presented with more than one option. And that's the trick you know oftentimes we can be you know um wanting to do something but there can be like a hundred different options of how to do that and you're kind of standing there going man which one is the best option because it can be paralyzing at times Um, But again, God will help you kind of sit through all that and come to that right, perfect decision. So I want to just give you four ways that God's going to speak and guide um, to you. The first way is through biblical principles. That is the number one way that God will speak to you is through biblical principles, okay? Uh, The Bible is not just the good book. It is the guide book. I know the Bible's not gonna specifically tell you exactly what city you should live in, okay? Because Mason City wasn't around, you know, back when the Bible was written. It's not gonna tell you the exact person you need to marry uh, or the job you should take, okay? But it will give you some very helpful guidelines and principles that will help you kind of eliminate certain choices and consider others. So here's a key principle to keep in mind. God's direction will never contradict God's instruction. Let me give you some examples. Again, like I said, the Bible is not going to tell you, and, and, and you're not going to find the name of the person um, you need to marry um, in there. But it does tell us, for example, in 2 Corinthians 6.14, don't be yoked to an unbeliever. Okay. Paul says, what fellowship can light have with darkness? What fellowship can righteousness have with unrighteousness? So he simply says, just don't yoke yourself to an unbeliever. When the Bible tells you, again, it's not going to tell you explicitly what company to go work for. It's not going to say, go work for Winnebago. You're not going to find that anywhere in the scriptures. But it will give you guidelines. So you may be sitting here and you're wondering, can I work at a strip club? You know, can I work at a bar? Can I work up at Diamond Joe's, okay? One question to ask yourself is, does God's word prohibit or does it permit what I'm thinking about doing? Again, go back to the principles of the Bible. Do the principles of God's word, will do they allow it Or do they prohibit what I'm thinking about doing? Again, depending on your knowledge of the Bible, you have to ask yourself, is this something God would want a Christian, a Christ follower doing? Second tool is wise people. This is probably an area that I have not been um, as uh, availed myself to as much as I needed to. Um, And and that has kind of changed for me over the last... uh, couple of years Proverbs fifteen twenty two says this plans fail for a lack of counsel but with many advisors they succeed again the sure way to make a bad decision is to get bad advice from bad people okay that's why I put the emphasis on wise people godly people people who know the scripture people who know God's voice for example, if you're thinking about getting a divorce, don't go and get advice from somebody who's been divorced three times. I can tell you what they're going to say. If you're trying to make a wise financial decision, don't talk to somebody who's like you know, over $50,000 know, in credit card debt and has declared bankruptcy twice. One of the ways I gauge who I get advice from is by seeing if they have arrived at the destination I want to arrive at. Are they going in the direction with God that I want to go in with the direction with God? Are they achieving the same things I would want to achieve? Are they walking with God the way I would want to walk with God? Those are the people we need to be seeking out. By the way, I just cringe when I hear people say, you know, I just kind of do what I feel uh, is right. Listen, just because something feels right doesn't mean that that's what God would want you to do with your life. I may feel like something is right, but you know what? I may have four or five really wise, godly people telling me the exact opposite. And when that happens, man, that needs to give you opportunity to pause and just rest on that, pray into that, and see uh, if God is trying to say something to you. There's a third tool that I call spiritual prompting. And again, it's one of the great advantages of being a believer is because, again, through the pro- power the presence of the Holy Spirit within you, God has kind of downloaded in you a GPS system. It's God's positioning system, okay? Uh, it's known as the Holy Spirit. And you'll find the more you're into the word, the more you're, you know, kind of uh, spending time with God, uh, the better you know God again, the the better you're going to recognize his voice when he speaks. Because again, God's not just going to primarily speak to your ears. God's going to speak to your heart. Jesus himself said in John 16, he said, the job of the Holy Spirit is to guide you. It's to lead you into all truth. So God's given us again, kind of two guardrails to kind of keep our lives, you know, on the uh, on the road to success, you know, without going over a cliff. uh, And one is the Scripture, and the other one is the Spirit you know the scripture will protect us from the again those purely rational decisions uh whereas the spirit will kind of keep us from those emotional uh, make you know if you've ever made kind of a a decision just based purely um on emotion and and it helps you to avoid that trap of saying this is what i feel like uh is 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 the right thing um there's a fairly new development um, out now and i don't know if you've ever heard of it's called hypersonic sound Now, the guy that invented this, uh, L. Wood Norris, um, what it is, he's engineered sound waves to travel in a very, very specific direction so that it's a sound wave that Marty can hear, but nobody around Marty can hear. Isn't that interesting? Um, And again, when, when God oftentimes speaks to us, he speaks in a way that we will hear him and oftentimes others around us won't. A final way that God guides us, and I think is the last step, is what I would call inner peace. When God speaks and you've heard him uh, uh, and God is guiding, uh, oftentimes God will just give you kind of this peace in your heart and your spirit that you just can't shake. uh, Jesus said it's, it's peace the world doesn't understand. They don't know, they've never felt this kind of peace. It's that peace that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. And Paul said it's that peace that'll kind of guard your heart uh, and your mind in Christ Jesus. And so again, uh, oftentimes, you know, the, the, the will of God uh, will not lead you where the peace of God will not keep you. So if you get into a place and you just do not feel the peace of God, um, chances are that's not where God wants you to be. So oftentimes, again, God will give you is just that confirmation again that there just is a peace peace i'm at peace with where i am i'm at peace with what uh i'm doing so let's just go ahead Uh, third one is just again is applying god's guidance you got to admit you got to ask and then you just got to apply it and i'm not going to go into a whole lot of it let me just say it this way james says you know don't just be hearers of the word but be doers as well And that's the hard part. A lot of times we'll sit in here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and we will hear the word of God, but we won't apply any of it. And James says that, you know, when we are just hearers of the word and we're not doers, that we're deceiving ourselves. Because oftentimes we kind of just think it's, it's hearing God's word uh, that makes all the difference. It's not. It's hearing and then uh, doing what God is calling us to do. And so again, uh, oftentimes where we get into deception, where we kind of get off course in life is when we're hearing the word, but we're not applying it. We're not walking in it. Amen? What I want to do, I want to just end this morning. I just invite all of you to stay in here this morning. I want to just ask... Are there any of you here this morning that you just kind of, you know, you're, you're just not sure what God's will for your life is? And again, you, you may have been at one time, but you know, things have happened, uh, circumstances have come, maybe there's been a lot of changes, and, and, and as a result of that, you're just not sure what God's will, His plan or purpose is for you this morning. Maybe you're kind of on the threshold, and you, you're, you're really needing to make a big decision in your life, and you're just not sure what God wants you to do, if that's you this morning, if, if there's just if there's something uh, in, in ways of guidance, if there's something in ways of, of knowledge or information or direction that you're needing from God this morning, I just simply want you to put your hand up. I'm not going to call you out um, in any way. Basically, what you're just saying is, I'm here this morning. I am looking. I'm needing. I'm wanting God's direction for my life. Now, those of you who do not have hands up, if you'll just keep your hands up there for just a second, I would like for those of you around people who have their hands up, would you just go and just gently lay a hand on their back or their shoulder, Um, and we're just going to pray for them this morning. So just make sure that everybody that has a hand up, uh, Arlene, there's a hand up next to you, my dear. Thank you. Good, uh, and just find, uh, it be two or three of you this morning, just find somebody um, that has a hand up. The Bible says if any, Doug, Doug needs somebody. So um, i to make sure everybody has somebody praying for him here this morning. The Bible says if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and God will give it generously. God will give it in overabundance. And here's the beautiful part. He is not going to rebuke you for asking. God is not going to, and this may be a question you've been asking for a long time. You've just gotten no direction on it. And maybe you're here this morning thinking, oh, I've asked this question so many times. God must just be tired of hearing from me. He's not. He delights in in you asking. And so this morning, again, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it generously, and he is not going to rebuke you for asking. So Father, we again just thank you this morning. We thank you, God, that you have given us again your positioning system. You know where we are. You know what we need. You know the direction we need to go this morning. And God, you are more than willing It is is your heart's desire to lead and to guide your children this morning. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have not made this difficult. That, God, you've made this very, very simple. It's if we'll just take time to listen. So, Father, this morning, I just pray for a clarity of your voice. In every heart and every spirit in this place this morning. God, that, that there would just kind of be an increase in the level, in the intensity, the clarity, the volume of your voice, God, that it would stand above and beyond all else. So, Father, whatever it is that's needed here this morning in terms of direction and guidance, Father, we thank you. That, Lord, all we have to do is ask and trust and believe, Lord, that you're going to answer us this morning. So, Father, we just again thank you for your word. If we lack wisdom to ask of you, and you will give it. And, God, I believe you are giving that right now. This very second, God, you're speaking to hearts. You're establishing steps. You're giving guidance. And, Lord, I pray again just for ears to hear. And then, again, courage, strength to obey. Father, again, we just thank you that you love us, that you want to guide us, you want to bless us, and you want your good and perfect will done in our lives. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.